All right, now we are going to talk about Alabama to close out the show and do a little something different than we normally do here on the Wiregrass Daily News Sports. It's usually just me giving you guys my thoughts, occasional coach audio from coaches, but uh, I have a guest, a guy that was in the press box covering the Alabama-South Florida game. He wasn't covering Alabama, he was covering South Florida. He writes for the SoFloBulls.com, cover the South Florida Bulls, and uh, that is a uh, Wiregrass resident, Brandon Eisman. How's it going, Brandon? Uh, welcome into the Wiregrass Daily News Sports. Hey, Philip, it's going great. Thank you for having me on. Oh yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. I mean, tell tell the folks about uh, the website you write for. Yeah, uh, SoFlo Bulls. It was started by uh, Matt Minuri, a guy that graduated from USF. Um, he started it back in, I believe, twenty fourteen. I think. Um. And it's one of the best independent South Florida sites out there. The best, in my opinion. Um, I love writing for them. I was in Tampa for my first time ever this past weekend covering the game. It was a great experience. Um, Even though the Bulls lost, I still had a ton of fun. But SoFlo Bulls is great. We have a lot of great content over there, a lot of great. I know, and you were telling me, too, that it was, you know, you've never seen just that many people, like, covering and all the different media and all the production trucks and stuff there. I mean, it was an ABC broadcast, but still, uh, a lot of people were down there in Tampa to, to check this out. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Media, fans, it, it was crazy. It, it's the biggest game I've ever been to. And I covered the Troy, North Texas, New Orleans Bowl back in – for the 2017 season and that wasn't even as big as this game last weekend was it was surreal yeah and going into it you kind of figured okay alabama got beat by texas so you're kind of going into this one a lot of people going into it it, when the season starts okay alabama's going down there there'll be more alabama fans and south florida fans and then alabama will just take care of business and after texas losses okay they're going to be ticked off and uh, they're really just going to go down there and make an example out of south florida but that didn't happen because we got the news on Friday that Tyler Buckner uh, was going to be the start quarterback, and he struggled. Uh, Ty Simpson became the second half, but it's just it was, and then he had the rain delay and all that other stuff. It was just one of them deals where South Florida was not intimidated by Alabama. They played them tough defensively. Uh, they got some pretty cool uh, plays from their quarterback, Byron Brown, not necessarily through the air, only 87 yards there, but he ran for 92 yards. So, they had some opportunities. Uh, Alabama did come out on top. Talent probably just overtook the game. But uh, what what was your overall thoughts on the game between South Florida and Alabama? Yeah, um, aside from the fifty four minute weather delay, <laughs> um, it, it was a good game. It it went a lot better than I initially thought it was going to. I Bama was like a thirty three point favorite entering the game. I was like South Florida can at least cover the spread i don't think they're gonna win but you know i think they can cover well they did um only losing by 14 which surprised everybody i you know from a defensive standpoint for usf daquan evans had a field day with both bama quarterbacks that played he had three sacks those were his first three career sacks ever and to get him in a game of that magnitude says something um and then jalen Schuler had a really good game and then offensively, like you said, Philip, Byron Brown made some good plays. He kind of was running for his life at times during the game. Bama's D-line was getting through. But U.S. have had opportunities to, you know, when it when Bama was up 10-3, to 3, they had an opportunity 
there in the second half to go to tie the game. Brown threw a long ball to the end zone to Michael Brown Stevens, and Stevens didn't cut like he was supposed to, and that's why the pass was intercepted is what Brown said at the post-game press conference. Otherwise, the game would have been tied. Bama probably still would have won, but USF would have tied it. Um, you know, Philip, if you would have told me that going into halftime it was 3 nothing, USF, or 7-3, whatever the score was, when USF went up 3 nothing, I was like, there's no way this is real. Like, this is not real life right now. Alabama is not losing to South Florida. But it, it was real. Um it was great. The atmosphere was great. The 65,000 fans that were there were great. The weather delay, yeah, it was rough. But, look, the USF student section showed out through the entire game, really. Um, it, it was just overall a great experience. Um, get to see Nick Saban coach in person was great. Obviously, the greatest coach in college football. Um, but from my, from my outside perspective, it was a very good experience. Yeah, and, you know, you talk about some of the guys that had good performances at Alabama. Uh, Jalen Schuler, 11 tackles, two solo. Then you talked about Dequan Evans. Yeah, he talked about the three sacks, but he also had four tackles for losses, uh, eight total tackles, four solo. And that's kind of like, you know, people ask me and all the time, so what's wrong with Alabama? I think everybody wants to talk about the quarterbacks. I mean, Buckner struggled. Uh, Ty Simpson came in second half. Um he made some nice throws, but and then what Milro did against Texas. I mean, and Milro made some bad decisions. The two interceptions were bad. I am not excusing whatsoever. But Alabama can't pass block. That I think the run blocking is fine. It gets them by. The running backs can make something out of it. And so going into year, I was all about, yeah, you know, we talk about these quarterbacks all you want to, but people around them have to step up the offense line and the wide receivers. And right now, Alabama wants to throw the ball. We saw it in the first half of that game. Buckner threw the ball, I think, was it 14 times? Uh, they had him back there to throw a lot. He missed – he was short on some passes, uh, inaccurate at times. But also, he didn't have a lot of time to throw, as you mentioned, South Florida guys. And I think that's the biggest issue Alabama has right now. It's not the quarterbacks. It's not the receivers. It's that offensive line because they cannot protect who's ever back there. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's been the offensive line for Bama through the first three games of the season. And who knows how long it's going to continue that way. Um, you know, you talk about Bama obviously wanting to throw the ball, and yeah, they did. Now, did Tyler Buckner look great? No, not at all. He was 5 of 14 for, I think, like 38 yards. Hence the reason he got benched in place of Ty Simpson. And then Simpson comes in, you know, makes good throws, obviously leads them to a win. But now Nick Saban has a decision to make a quarterback. Well, they might need to be making some decisions at offensive line too because pass blocking is bad. Like you said, run blocking is okay. But to allow a team like South Florida to get through your offensive front like that is inexcusable. Alabama should not have allowed that to happen. And it just goes to show that they're either inexperienced or they're not being disciplined enough from a coaching standpoint you know, from practice throughout the week. And if it continues, you know, Bama could end up slipping up a few more times this year. So they're going to have to get it together and get it together quickly. Yeah, they got Ole Miss this weekend, which Ole Miss is going to be fired up. You know, Lane Kiffin's going to have some special stuff planned. And the thing goes to Alabama, too, we remember this. Alabama used to bully you. They lined up on the line of scrimmage, 
ran it down your throat defensively, and they're still good defensively. I mean, that, that's going to be what carries them this year is their defense and their running game. Alabama doesn't do that anymore. And I think it all ties back. So we remember when Lane Kiffin got Alabama's offensive coordinator. He changed what Alabama did. They went away from that traditional pro-style offense, you know, two tight ends, a fullback, just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and go off of play action, which was working. But Nick Saban knew he needed to make a change because that's where college football was going. I kind of wonder is did the fact that they went more pass heavy make them soft because they kind of got away from their identity with Tua, with Mac Jones, with Bryce Young. And now I think they want to get back to that, but I don't know if they can in just one year just because of the identity they set up as a passing team. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, I think it's going to be tough for Bama to get back there. I, I think they'll get there at some point. It's just obviously they're trying to get back to, you know, that point of where they were, you know, a couple of years ago. And it's not that the quarterbacks that they have aren't talented or skilled enough, you know, to lead them there. It's just that they're not getting the help they need, you know, in order to execute and make it happen. But on the flip side of that, Phillip, Bama has Jace McClellan, Roy Dell Williams, who sealed the game for Bama. I mean, it was already pretty much over, but um, both of those guys, I thought, ran the ball really well for Bama. USF had a tough time stopping McClellan, and then Roy Dell Williams came in, and USF had a tough time tough time stopping him too. Um, but just from a quarterback standpoint. I don't know where Bama's going to go from here, who they're going to pick. I mean, I know who I think they should go with, um, and that's obviously Jalen Milrow. I think he gives them the best chance to win, and then maybe you throw Ty Simpson in as the immediate backup because I don't think Tyler Buckner is the answer to being the solidified backup to Jalen Milrow um, for obvious reasons after last weekend. But if Bama doesn't figure this out quick, it's only going to get worse. Yeah, and now and you talk about the running backs. And on Saturday, Rodell Williams had 129 and Jace McKellen had 74. Total Alabama had 203 yards rushing in the game, and both touchdowns came from the ground. One, uh, they got a, a rush touchdown. You talk about Rodell Williams, and Ty Simpson got one too as well. So that's got to be the identity. They got to just lean on that and then go off some play action. And I, I think Jalen Monroe is the guy. I mean, apparently – I don't know if Greg McElroy said this or not, but somebody tweeted out, and I saw this on Monday, that Greg McElroy went on a show somewhere, and he said that Jalen Milrow did not handle it well sharing the reps with Buckner and Simpson. And then the fact is we, we heard the rumors about the quarterback change Friday, and it became official on Saturday at the game. Now, people say, okay, we did see – Milro clapping hands, high-fiving at the quarterbacks. Well, Greg McElroy also said, apparently, that that was not the case during the week. So, Milro should be the guy, but he's got to have the right mindset, too, on this thing. Be a team player. I mean, and, and that's that's the thing, because that can sour with the rest of the team, and then you don't want your team kind of being divided with who should be the quarterback. Milro should be the guy, because, like you said, he gives them the best chance, because when the pressure gets – at least he can get away from it. Buckner and Simpson are not as mobile as he is. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting how this whole thing goes because, you know, it, it is a thing with Alabama. We're not used to it. The last couple of quarterbacks have been really, really good. And they're all in the NFL. Hurts, um, Bryce Young, Tua, and Mack. So 
we'll, we'll see. It's going to be interesting what the quarterback thing uh, comes down to. Uh, Ole Miss is this week. And last on Sunday, it opened up Alabama's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. And I've seen some stuff branded on Twitter. The Ole Miss fans, I think they're excited about this game. They really think they got a shot. We know Lane Kiffin's going to throw some stuff at Nick Saban. He always does uh, when in these matchups. I'm going to I'm going to go. I think Alabama's going to win Saturday. I do because I think everybody's jumping on them. Nick Saban's going to use that. This is a classic example. I think when everybody is ready to give up on Alabama, they're going to make a statement. They're going to have a big win. And I also say this: I've watched Ole Miss a little bit. They've been pushed around. Tulane pushed them around. I don't think Ole Miss has got the running game going. Jackson Dart's putting up a lot of yards, but they hadn't really played a a really a team that's going to challenge them defensively like Alabama will. So I think Alabama's going to come out and play great. They're at home. I think they'll win this game. Uh, as we close up our conversation here, what do you think? Um, you know what, Philip? Give me Ole Miss with the point spread, and give me Ole Miss to win outright. Look, I know. Ole Miss, obviously, they struggle with Tulane. You know, their running game hasn't really gotten going, and Jackson Dart's basically having to lead the team. But with that being said, I like Jackson Dart as a quarterback. I think if Bama continues to be as soft as they have been defensively, especially in the secondary, I think that'll be a problem, and that's going to be an advantage for Ole Miss. I think Bama starts 2-2 and for the first time since – I don't remember when, <laughs> but I think Ole Miss goes into Tuscaloosa and gets a big-time win. Yeah, I don't think they've ever done that under Saban because even his first year, they started 3-0. and uh, So, we'll see. If that happens, get ready for the uh, speculation, the conversation of the uh, end of the uh, dynasty and perhaps the uh, the retirement rumors for Nick Saban, which he will, will scoff at as he did on Pat McAfee last week. But uh, anyways, Brandon, appreciate you hopping on here for a few minutes. Uh, of course, you cover South Florida, but you were there. You saw Alabama in person, so I wanted to get you on and talk about it. Uh, let everybody know where they can uh, find you on the Internet. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Heisman Eisman. Uh, you can also find me over at SoFloBulls.com covering the South Florida Bulls. And you can find me on the Sixth Year Podcast, which right now I do on Facebook Live every week. Just search Sixth Year Podcast. Uh, on Facebook, we'll be on YouTube and all your favorite podcast platforms uh, here in the very, very near future. Uh, Philip, but I do have one question before I go for you and everybody else out there listening. Is Caleb Downs okay after that demolishing hit Naquan Wright gave him? <laughs> on that no, I wasn't going to mention that because we are in the wiregrass and it's Alabama. I wanted to keep any Alabama fans happy with me, so we're just I- not going to answer that question. I brought it up because it was a good hit. Um, look, he was all right, obviously, but it was a really good hit. So It was that. But uh, anyways, Brandon, appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks so much, man.